0: welcome to the matt morgan coaching podcast the fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life love and leadership to the next level all right hey everyone it's matt morgan welcome back to a brand new episode and this is actually two-part episode and the title of today's episode is called the gold in the golden rule you guys remember when you were a kid they always talked about what the golden rule is if you remember it's something like this do for others what you would want done for you right that's actually predicated on jesus's words two thousand years ago when he actually quoted this phrase love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of sermons in my day about the love your neighbor part, but I don't know if I've ever had a single talk on the as yourself part of that equation. And what I want to do in this next two episodes is actually focus on that part. You can't fully love other people until you truly learn how to love yourself. And so that's the gold in the golden rule. And so friends, this is where we're going. And there's really kind of two extremes that people fall into. When it comes to not loving yourself you either uh, are not loving yourself well you either you know do go to self-loathing and you don't love yourself at all or you go to self-worship and you probably love yourself a little bit too much okay anybody else thinking what I'm thinking right now a little Justin Bieber, love yourself oh baby you should go and love yourself <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Some of you are going to be singing that song all day long. I know I have been. So here's the deal. What we're going to do is, uh, other than just talk about Bieber fever, which I have right now for some reason, uh, don't judge me, but I want to be able to talk about both stances because both stances are actually a form of pride in the opposite direction, self-loathing, self-worship. And what I want to do in this particular episode is focus on the first one, the self-loathing, the part, the part where you have a hard time loving yourself. I mean, the question for today, for those of you who fall into this camp is this, imagine if you treated yourself as well as you actually treated others, how might your life be different? I mean, if I treated me half as well as I treated you, how might my life be change you know i've heard so many people and so many stories and working as a coach working with couples all over the world it's amazing when i see people so many people are so incredible and they love people so well but they fail to love themselves and as a result they actually failed themselves and their people they can't fully love other people well until they start to love themselves i mean one of my clients um husband and wife and been married for 24 years and um, the husband is so amazing at the way that he praises his wife and I watch him compliment her and as he does this you know what I see she's physically shaking her head no because she's thinking like okay that's really nice and all but that's not true because she's thinking about all the ways she could have done better the ways that she failed and so she can't actually even receive a compliment. Friends, you know what's so powerful about this? For those of you who like have a hard time loving yourself, is this, what's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. What's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. Now, here's why that's powerful, because when you feel like you don't like yourself or you're not worthy or you're not enough, that starts to come out and it creates a barrier for when people are actually trying to love you, like this husband trying to love his wife by complimenting her and praising her and she can't receive it. It's like a wall that it's just bouncing off this wall and as a result stunts her own growth and ability to celebrate. Oh, yeah. I did do well. That gives you wind in your sails to continue to move forward. And so as a result, she feels like she can never measure up. And so she can never actually take a step forward. And I remember asking her, like, where does this come from? Like, what's behind not being able to receive a compliment? Which she's not alone. There's millions of people in this world that feel like, man, I just... I can't actually see any celebration within myself because it's all I see is all the ways that I fail. And for her, I started asking her identity questions. I started saying like, how did you grow up? Tell me about what's going on in in, in you. And she just started to think, you know what, just other people matter more than I do. And I said, wow, that's powerful. And then I said, let's take a little bit step further, like is there anything else behind that? She goes, yeah, like it's not only that people matter more than me, it's that i don't even matter i mean that's powerful that goes to the root of her identity and so i don't matter so her whole life is trying to exercise and work and work and work and do and appease other people so that somehow some way she will matter and i asked her the question which i want to ask you who taught you that where did that come from And for her, she didn't really understand where it came from. I think part of it is her personality bend. Hyper analytical, type A, introvert, you know, loves Excel spreadsheets, everything's detailed, organized, task-oriented, shops at the container store. Okay, some of you, this is totally your personality type in every way. And this is the personality where maybe you'll let other people off the hook, but you won't let yourself off the hook. You're actually hardest. On yourself. And so one of the big things that I've helped this client understand and start unpacking is to flip the script from I don't matter to I matter to I already matter. You're already loved. You already have a husband that adores you and loves you and cares for you. You're already there. I'm amazed when I see people in a religious tone or in any kind of environment where you could have two different people go into a homeless shelter, let's say, and they're going to serve but the motivation behind why they serve couldn't be more different. For person A, they are working for their salvation. They are trying to earn and be enough, never really knowing if they are, and so there's this anxiety ridden over them. There's no peace. And For the other person, they already know they're loved. They already know they're saved. They are working from a place of love, and as a result, it overflows. On the outside, it looks the same in terms of the amount of work and the type of work they're doing, but from an inside, it could not be more different, and friends, people feel that. The person who is already knowing that they're loved, they're already knowing that they matter, they already know that they're enough, they operate from a place of joy and what's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. It drips from your pores. You see, whatever overshadows you gets released in your shadow to other people. I'll prove it to you. You ever walk into a room and you can cut the tension with a knife because someone walked in and they're like filled with anger, anxiety? What is that? Well, what's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. On the flip side, you ever walk into a room and somebody, even though the tumultuous situation around you was awful, a person came in and there was a grace over them that was so beautiful that it was somehow, some way you had peace over you? Well, that's the same thing and that's why loving yourself is so valuable to actually being able to love other people. Well, if you want to live the golden rule, you got to start with yourself and a lot of people who go to self-loathing, they feel like, isn't that just selfish if I just focus on myself? And it's like, no, it's actually the pathway to overall health and love to other people. So if you find yourself in a place where you're like, oh my gosh, you're reading my mail mat. May you practice just receiving compliments. Would you actually say, hey, I received that, thank you, I celebrate that? That will give you the wind in your sails to be able to ride the next leg of the journey. It doesn't negate the fact that you still have ways to grow. We all do, but it is just that. It gives you like celebration, a time to be able to smell the roses and enjoy life. The whole point of why you don't let yourself off the hook is because you're trying to earn peace. Well, what if you already experience peace now, right? A peace, true peace, is a a congruency between the inner you and the outer you that you project to the world. A lot of us are not aligned. We need a proverbial chiropractic adjustment within our own emotional life and mental life to be able to get back to peace. And it starts with understanding who you are. I don't matter to I matter. I'm not love to I love. I'm selfish to, uh, no, I'm taking care of myself, all right? There was a woman who uh, just wrote a book this past year named Gretchen Rubin, and this book is called The Four Tendencies, and in my coaching practice and my online coaching, I actually unpack this, and there's a quiz that you can take, and she has done a phenomenal job talking about how people receive outer expectations of others, as well as their own internal expectations. And there are four different types of categories, but for this particular podcast, I want to talk about one of them. And it's the most common one that the people in America face statistically, and it's the word obliger. The obliger is the person who meets outer expectations of others. At least they try to, but they fail to meet their own inner expectations. This is the person at work where you're like the go-to person, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, you're the rock." And so they put all the work on you, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, if we're gonna get anything done, we need to go to Sally. We need to go to Roger. We need to go to Justin." He or she is the one that's going to get it done and you as the obliger do the work for them but you don't do it all the time out of the goodness of your heart you know why you do it because you're scared to get in trouble it's fear-based not love-based. And as a result, you find yourself busy, busy, busy. You find yourself doing good in the world, but in the process of doing good and obliging others, you're secretly resentful and angry at other people. And so as a result, you find that you feel like you can't even talk or know what your own needs are because you don't have time to even process it. And so friends, You try to work, you know, over this stuff and you do all these great things, but you're just like secretly (laughs) mad. Well, we can get over that. And the way you get over that is by start thinking about, hmm, what do I need? How can I best love myself? In fact, that is a question that you can ask in your daily life. So many of my clients, they actually, you know what they do? they take out their phone their iphone their android and they put a note in their calendar and they weekly daily twice a day even say how am i loving myself or what do i need to love myself or are you loving yourself and it's just a reminder and it pops up 10 a.m and 2 p.m every day and that allows them to think hmm am i doing what i need so here's the question do you know what your top three emotional needs are I mean, how can you really be able to serve other people, especially if you're married or in an intimate relationship or with a great friend until you first know your own needs? You know, just even from a gender perspective, there's a difference. Women and men have different needs. Research shows that 80% of women, their top three emotional needs, these are not physical needs, not like food, water, clothing, and shelter. We all know those. Those are Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm talking about emotional needs. For women, here they are. It's to be cherished to be known, and to be respected. All right, you know what that means? Cherished is like when you feel, especially from like your partner, like, oh my gosh, I know that I am so loved and I feel that way. Ladies, if that's for you, if you're like, oh my gosh, that word resonates with me, ask yourself this question. In what ways do I feel most cherished? Know yourself. And as a result, tell then your partner so that they can love you and then choose to receive it. Otherwise, it doesn't do anything, okay? To be known. That's another one, ladies, that's so powerful for you to be able to know, like, man quality time being able to interact to feel like my voice matters respect that's used now a lot of men are listening being like well i like respect too i mean i need that as well well yeah you do but the way that men and women receive respect is actually different because of the way we're wired for most men respect comes from what they do when someone acknowledges hey i saw you do that i saw you did the dishes i saw you Put that work in. I saw you bring home that bacon. Thanks, honey. You know, whatever it is. Then a man feels respected. But for a woman, it's different. A woman feels respect by who she is. Is When her voice matters as an equal in the relationship, that's when she feels so loved. So husbands listening to this, what an amazing opportunity. Engaged couples, lean into what I'm saying because it's so powerful. Now for men, you have emotional needs as well. (laughs) We don't oftentimes go there. We don't even like to talk about emotions. A lot of us guys, you know, it's not that we had have less emotions. It's just that we don't like to talk about them. But here's the deal. It's healthy because your emotions connect your humanity and allow you to start loving yourself. That's the gold in the golden rule, remember? So here it is for men. Number one, autonomy. You know what I mean by that? Having some space. Men are like waffles, okay? And women are like spaghetti. Women has a ton of issues all wrapped together and men like to think in boxes. And so men, especially when you go home from work you need like an autonomy box. Sometimes men even have like a nothing box. That's where we play video games or just stare out in the stars. And people, Your wife is like, what are you doing? You're like, nothing. And she's like, what do you mean nothing? And you literally mean, no, I'm doing nothing. You're transitioning. <laughs> you need autonomy. That could be from going on a walk or working out or your drive home. You need some personal space. Now we all need personal space, but for men, this is sometimes, this is one of the biggest needs that men have. And it's oftentimes a reason why women you feel like what in the world my man doesn't love me sometimes it's like no no no. he's trying to love himself or he needs that time and so that's huge men if you feel like this resonates with you ask yourself in what ways specifically do you need autonomy here's another one for men number two admiration again admiration men feel respect by what they do so when you feel admired and then number three shared activity this is huge playing having your best friend doing sports or you know shooting guns or going bow hunting or going out for a cooking class or watching movies I mean those things like men ask yourself like what are the things that you feel so connected with these are ways practical ways that you can start loving yourself okay so spiritually speaking how's your soul and what does your soul need emotionally speaking we just talked about that are you tapping into what's positive not just what's negative it's so easy to go negative so those of you who struggle with self-loathing flip the script talk yourself off the ledge okay when you start going negative like oh i'm not good enough or this is never going to happen be like you know what How can I make this happen? You know what? I suck and I'm no good at this. Hey, you know what? I've never been good at this, but it's never too late to start. (laughs) You know what I mean? These are the ways that you can start loving yourself. Physically, are you taking care of yourself nutritionally and with exercise? All of it matters mentally. You know what? Here's a great mental exercise for those of you who are in the self-loathing camp. All right. You need to be able to go negative a little bit. You need to be able to be authentic and real and talk about how life sucks. That's okay, but set a time limit for yourself. Do like a two-minute negative detox, okay? Just let it all out. Tell your partner or your friend or whoever you're doing it with, just say, hey, can I just emotionally detox right now and just get it out, and then after two minutes, you set the timer and say, okay, I gotta flip the script. I gotta go from negative to positive. You guys, this is is a choice. You need to hear that. It doesn't always feel like it though, does it? It sometimes feels like the world's caving in on you and you're a prisoner, but the truth is, it's a choice. You get to decide what you want your life to look like, how you want to love yourself. So that's the question for today, okay? How can you best love yourself? Maybe for you, the best way that you can love yourself is to set boundaries is to start working your no muscle. You've been saying yes to everything, but the fact is you've been saying no to yourself in the process and maybe you need to say no to other people. I know it seems counterintuitive to love other people, but you need to say no so that you can say yes to yourself and care for yourself so that You can fully, truly, authentically be whole, and as a result, people in your life, in your inner circle, will feel that. Remember, if you wanna love others well, you gotta start learning how to love yourself well, okay? So you guys, those of you who are in the self-loathing camp and you do struggle with loving yourself, get on with your bad self and choose joy. Work your identity. I know this is core, ground-level stuff, but it'll change your life. And as a result, it'll change your relationships for the rest of your life. Cheers for now, and we'll do part two next week.